tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Happy Christmas and a happy Vestember. I see we have been starting a movement. Some of you are wearing your vests, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, maybe not. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here. But can you believe Christmas is in only 14 days? The wait, did somebody say yes? <laughs> yes, woo! The, the wait is almost over. For we tend to not like to wait. We dislike waiting in traffic, waiting in lines, waiting to get our food, and even when it takes just a few more seconds for that video to load. We want instant, but there is a value in waiting. There is something worth waiting for. What are some of the things that you have found worth waiting for? A job, okay, anything else? What's that? Retirement, that's worth waiting for. <laughs> Amen for that. Uh, there's all kinds of things worth waiting for. That specialty coffee that you just really love. Cookies to bake. Holding hands for the first time. <laughs> that first kiss, a promotion, a graduation. That perfect prank. Your wedding day. A big vacation, reconnecting with family and friends. And to wait for a great gift, like this one here. This is a great gift. Anybody want a gift? Oh, okay. oh right over here. Here you go. Hang on to this. Don't break it. Don't open it yet. It's really worth waiting for. Some of you caught that. There is a value in the wait. There is a worth in the wait. Waiting draws us in. And actually, God uses times of waiting in our own lives. Isaiah 40, 31. You've mentioned this before, different Sundays. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. God is in the wait. For something amazing happens. Faith is strengthened. We grow deeper in trust and experience the depth and the breadth of the love of God. Waiting creates presence, not present like we just gave, but presence. Waiting is the environment or exercise God uses to build patience. Patience is the ability to wait well, to build stamina, endurance, perseverance, even a good tolerance in the face of difficulty and opposition. God is patient. And we are so thankful for that. For God actually has patience with us when we constantly mess up time and time and time again. And God is patient. And when we come to faith, he plants in us seeds of patience. God then grows those seeds to produce in us the fruit of patience. Uh, remember Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where the the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. As we patiently wait on the Lord, we experience the presence of God. And in that, we take in God's great love. And then we see that happen all throughout 
uh, the, the Christmas narrative, especially with Mary and Joseph, revealing three truths of the love of God in waiting. For waiting on the Lord allows his amazing love to fulfill, to satisfy, to strengthen faith. So this morning, we're gonna look at Mary's story found in Luke chapter one, verses 26 to 56. We won't get all the way through that, but you can, you'll get, we'll get to the portions of that. And we'll also look at Joseph's story found in Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 25, and see how we might find a deeper connection with God in the wait. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind, please standing with me, let's pray and ask God to challenge. I really do thank you for braving the storm and making it here this morning. Those online, uh, thank you for being here as well. Uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you that we can find you in the wait, that there is a connection with you, a sensing your presence like no other time. And so God, this morning, as we delve into this story with Mary and Joseph and, and, and understand this idea of waiting and how it connects us to you, God, teach us and challenge us, encourage us and draw us ever more closer to yourself, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You can have a seat, those who are here with us and encourage you to take out the worship folder that Haley talked to you about. And there's a, if you flip it over, there's some blanks to fill in. You can fill in that if you're online. Uh, I believe the worship folder is somewhere online. Uh, uh, click away on our website or just grab a piece of paper and go through that. I encourage you with that. Uh, if you also want to, I know this is online as well, is uh, our study guide. And if you're here in person, you go out these double doors, turn left. There's a resource desk there. These are there. They have all the extra verses we mentioned and the answers to fill in the blanks, plus a number of questions you can go through for personal study. Because our hope is, is that you would take this time in God's word and just use it for a launch pad for your own personal study throughout the week and maybe even look up some of those extra verses and be challenged with what God wants for you today. To help you with that, we have a section on our website and actually it's on the front page called Revive. It's to help you go deeper, to revive your soul. And in there, there's a number of helps, uh, articles you can click on and then there's a link to our podcast. We'd love for you to join us on that as we kind of go deeper. And I, I do encourage this. Haley was talking about the devotional book no matter how far we're into Advent season, you can pick up one of their little green ones and uh, they're free. You can grab them for your friend or neighbors if you want to as well and just get into God's word. I think it's a good challenge for us. Well, in the Christmas story, have you ever wondered <clears throat> why God chose Mary and Joseph to be Jesus's earthly parents? Now, yeah, they were both from the line, from the lineage, from the heritage of David, which was prophesied that Messiah would come from them. But there was also something about their devotion to God, their, their character. For Mary to have the faith and the strength to handle all the social criticism and doubt, <clears throat> she having an immaculate conception. <laughs> it's never happened and never will happen. How is someone to believe that and able to hold that and have an incredible faith with that? That was Mary. Joseph, uh, to be man enough to have compassion on the woman he loved, even though it looked like she had cheated on him. And with faith and strength of character to hold back the flood of deep feelings of his betrothed being found pregnant. Both had favor with God and both willing servants and the best parents to take on the challenge to be just what Jesus needed to grow and develop. Well, here's how it happened. I'd like you to hear the story of and Jacob and and. Haley, if you wouldn't mind coming up reading, we'll first start with Mary's story. Uh, and then Jacob will read uh, 
Joseph's story. Haley, let's hear Mary's story. Got it. I will be reading Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in, of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. Matthew 1, uh, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. Thank you. They both said yes to God and to waiting. Waiting nine months for Jesus' birth and then waiting to the time when Jesus would start to do what he was called to do, some 30 years. But God was in the wait. And that wait creates presence, a deeper connection with God. For waiting on the Lord allows his amazing love to fulfill and satisfy and strengthen faith. So let's look at Mary and Joseph's story and consider these three truths of the love of God in waiting. The first truth of the love of God in waiting is God's, is wait, God's love is personal. God personally chose Mary and Joseph and miraculously connected with them. 
God is personal with us. He knows our name. He knows our issues. He knows the ups and downs and hurts and hearts cry of our life. We saw that in Elizabeth and Zachariah's story that we looked at last week as Pastor John led us through that story in Luke chapter one, verses five to 25. They had had no children, Elizabeth and Zechariah. In that, in that culture, it was a disgrace. And so they prayed and prayed. And year after year after year, they prayed. God finally sent the angel Gabriel to personally connect with Zechariah because God's love is personal. He miraculously moves and in and around our lives to have us consider him, to come to faith and to grow in faith and answer prayer. We don't always get what we want. And many times the answer is wait. Elizabeth and Zechariah waited many, many, many years, way past the time when someone has children. However, in the wait, it does help to stop and wait for a moment to soak in God's amazing love. Mary did that as she waited for Jesus to be born. As she went to go and visit Elizabeth, she wrote this and it was, or she said this and it was written down. If you want to open up to, to Luke chapter one, verses uh, 46 to 55. We'll just look at the very first passage. It was read as we lit uh, the uh, candle for this morning's Advent reading. But verse 46 and to 48, it says this, Mary is reveling in the love of God and the personalness of that. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble state of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mary got the personalness of God in the way she grasped that personal nature of God. For God is personal. I love Zephaniah. It's one of my favorite passages that speak of the love of God. The Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He rejoices over you with gladness. He quiets you with his love. He exalts over you with loud singing. I wonder what God's song for you is. Can you imagine that? You know, we have a 10 grandchildren and Christy came up with a song. She found it from somewhere that we tend to sing at our kids uh, birth. And I, I want you to hear it for a second. Christy, come close to me. Yeah, come here. Come close to me because you have to sing into this microphone. Oh, okay. And this is a song, Bixby, our, what number is she? Grandchild. Maybe six. Our sixth grandchild. We just had a birthday. And so we sing this of her. Go ahead. Sorry. Maybe five. Five. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Just sing. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'll help you. Okay. <laughs> okay. On the, on the day, day that Bixby was born. On the day that Bixby was born. On the day that Bixby was born. The angels sang and they blew on their horns and they danced. They danced. They smiled and they raised up their hands on the day, on the day that Bixby was born. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, the reason we sing that song is because the jo- I'm getting all teary. The, the joy of her little life just explodes inside of us and we can't help but just burst out in song. You ever felt that way? God feels that way about you always. 
even in the midst of your most deepest, darkest time, God sings over you and God loves you. Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's God. (laughs) Revel in the personal love God has for you. And I could go on all through today and on into the week and on into the whole rest of the month and speak of the verses that speak of God's love all over scripture. His amazing, steadfast, never ending, always present love of God. Take some time in the wait to soak it all in. For waiting on the Lord allows his amazing love to fulfill and satisfy and strengthen faith in the way you experience the presence of God as you think about his love. The next truth of the love of God in waiting is wait. God's love is purposeful. Mary and Joseph needed to wait nine months for that baby Jesus to be born. It takes that long to grow a human. God could have made it happen faster, but there's a purpose in the wait. And that time character was built and a trust that was needed to hear and respond to God's voice. Like when God told Joseph to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt to flee from Herod's murderous ways. Take your Bible and and open up to to Matthew now chapter two. Matthew chapter two, verse uh, starting in verse 13. Now when they, it's talking about the, the wise men, we'll talk about that next week. Now, when the wise men, they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And Joseph rose and took the child and his mother that by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until Herod's death. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. How did Joseph know that was God's voice? It's because through the time of waiting, he had built a connection, a presence with God, that he knew God's voice and he knew to trust that voice. And so he took that leap of faith and went to Egypt, not an easy road from Bethlehem to Egypt, but yet he went there because God challenged him in the way a trust in God can grow. And we can experience what Lamentations 22 and 23 says, the steadfast love. We can experience the steadfast love that never ceases. His mercies, God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. That steadfast love is that chesed love of God, the Hebrew word chesed, which is the, the, the loyal, always present, ever flowing, always there love of God. His mercies are the things that he holds back that we do deserve. See, the problem is we're all sinful and we need a savior. And that sinful has a wrath on it and God holds it back. His mercies are new every morning. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Woo. Man, if he let loose his mercies and we experience the full front of our sin, none of us would be here. We need to understand that. And God will follow through with his promises always. Sure, we may have to wait 
but God's love is purposeful. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God knew that the purpose of Christ to come was to save us from our sin, to show us how to connect with God. The reality is we're all sinful. And there's a distance between us and God. And that's why he sent Jesus to bridge that gap. And so he offers us this present with a T of salvation. And he says, it's yours. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's like this present over here. Do you still have it? You still there? Now he's received a present, but it's really not his until he opens it. Go ahead and open, 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 open. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Rip it open. Yes. It's there. It's, he's taking this time. We wrapped it really tight. Just that. And it is a, 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 a drone. It's a mini drone. Now, how cool is that? Say yes. It's really cool, Mike. Yeah, amazing. You're going to have a blast with that. The purpose of that gift is to have fun. Once he charges that and flies it around the house and, you know, terrorizes his mom. Uh, but the, the, the idea behind that is, and, in, and with that gift, you don't realize it till you open it and you don't really understand the gift until you use it. It's the same with God who hands us salvation. We need to open that gift and understand the savior and begin to interact with him and have that presence with him and enjoy the full love of God as we experience that with him. Many of you have taken that gift. Some are not experiencing the love of God because you just haven't opened it. You open it by getting into God's word and enjoying life his way. I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet made that decision of faith at the end of the service, our ushers will be having these packets available. Inside there, there's a letter written about how you can open that gift and enjoy that relationship with God. And I encourage you to pick these up if you are. Don't pick it up for somebody else. You take it if you're so interested. And enjoy the great reality of a relationship with God. Take some time in the wait to soak in God's purpose. For waiting on the Lord allows his amazing love to fulfill and satisfy and strengthen faith. In the wait, you can gain perspective with God's purposes. Look for it in the wait. One more of these three truths of God's love and waiting is wait. God's love is powerful. The love of God powerfully changed my life. When I got a sense of that, I felt loveless. And yet when I heard that almighty, all knowing, all everything, God loved me, it changed me. And I've seen the love of God change countless other lives. Many of you have been changed by the love of God. God does stuff like that. You see, God can do anything. He can breathe into existence all that we see. He can make the sun stand still for over a day. He can heal the sick, cause the blind to see. He can straighten the legs of the lame. He can even raise the dead. And he can cause someone to be pregnant who's not done the things that get people pregnant. Like how I said that? In Luke 1, 37, we read it for nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. And as we wait on the Lord, those muscles of trust 
are built and our belief is pumped up. <laughs> and, we, and as we wait for God's provision, we know he will provide. And we can wait for the results of the biopsy knowing God will be with us. We can wait in the midst of struggle and trial and hardship knowing the God of the universe is with us because he said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Always guiding us through. See, the truth is, as Romans 8.31 says, that what shall we say then to these things, the trials and horrible things that we face in life, if God is for us, who can be against us? And this truth of the powerful love of God is infused in us as we wait. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, the soul who seeks him. There is a good in the wait. For in that wait, we learn to rest in God, trusting in him, relying on him. And he is always faithful. Psalms 25, verse three, indeed, none who wait for the Lord, for you, God, shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed, those who are wantonly treacherous. This waiting is not passive, doing nothing, but it's active, serving the Lord, going about what we know God has for us to do, waiting, trusting God will act according to his will for he is good. Psalm 34 verses eight and nine says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Fearing the Lord is a reverent respect of God and a form of waiting and trusting in God. Do you want that sense of power of God's love? It's in the wait. Lean into his character. Take that step of faith and trust how much he loves you and just how powerful he is. For waiting on the Lord allows his amazing love to fulfill, satisfy, and strengthen faith. In the wait, you will experience the powerful love of God. I know waiting is tough, but that wait creates connection and a presence with God. Mary and Joseph experience that in our text today. There's also, an, and so can we, and there's also an amazing poem uh, that was written by Russell Kelfer about waiting. I want you to hear it. I want to read the whole thing to you because it's just so good. It's called Wait. Desperately, Helplessly, lovingly, I cried. Quietly, patiently, loving, God replied. I plead and I wept for a clue to my fate. And my master so gently said, wait. Wait, you say, wait? My indignant reply, Lord, I need answers. I need to know why. Is your hand shortened? Have you not heard? By faith, I have asked and I'm claiming your word. My future and all to which I relate hangs in the balance and you tell me, wait? Yes, I'm needing a yes, a, a go-ahead sign or even a no to which I can resign. You promise, dear God, that if we believe, we need but ask and we shall receive. And Lord, I've been asking and this is my cry. I'm weary of asking. I need a reply. And quietly, softly, I learned of my fate. 
as my master replied again, wait. (laughs) I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught. I grumbled at God. So I'm waiting for what? He seemed to then kneel and his eyes met mine. And he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens and darken the sun. I could raise the dead and cause the mountains to run. I could give you all you seek and please you would be. You'd have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence are all you can see. You'd never experience the fullness of love when my peace, when the peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You would know that I give and I save for a start, but you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart, the glow of the my comfort late into the night, the faith which I give, the faith which I give when I when you walk without sight, the depth that's beyond getting just what you ask from an infinite God who makes what you have last. You'd never know should your pain quickly flee, but it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, your dear dreams overnight would come true, but oh, the loss if you missed what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child. And in times you will see that the greatest of gifts is to truly know me. And though my oft my answers seem terribly late, my most precious answer of all is still wait. God's word is clear. He is in the wait. So wait and know God's love is personal. And wait and know God's love is purposeful. And wait and know God's love is powerful. For waiting on the Lord allows his amazing love to fulfill, to satisfy, and to strengthen faith. Will you pray with me? Father God, (laughs) we're struck with how important it is that we wait well, (laughs) that we have patience. God, honestly, I know I admit I'm not good at waiting. I want instant. I want instant because the pain is too hard to go through. I want instant because I just want to get on to the next thing. I want instant. And yet there's something in this wait. Lord, help us to wait well. And help us in those times of waiting to sense your presence and for us to draw ever closer to you, knowing you're there, knowing you have a purpose and knowing the power of your love. Draw us ever closer to you, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God is in the wait. It's what we do in that time of wait that matters. Mary and Joseph showed us that we need to draw ever closer to God in these times of waiting.